folks. Welcome to a podcast about Catholic themes. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome, everyone. It is Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> and, and we're not watching the Super Bowl. No. Normally, like, it's a, it's kind of a tradition for our family to go to St. Lawrence Mass, because they have a 7 p.m. Mass, and... It is completely empty. There's like five people there. And the priest there, Father Watkins, who is also a Bengals fan, man, he goes fast. It is a 20-minute mass. So we're hey, <laughs> we're to going to, to the, the game. Super Bowl mass. And it was, and it's like, it goes real fast. We can park anywhere. There's no line to get out. You know, it's, but now we go, well, now I go to the uh, Latin mass. And so... We right. didn't go to that one this week. But here's the thing. And so the tradition has been to go to that mass on Super Bowl Sunday because he likes to watch the Super Bowl. But now the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, did he so like he knock it down to, to five minutes normal. maybe? <laughs> I'd be surprised if there's any. Maybe he didn't even show up. Yeah. I mean, he might have got there. Seen There's nobody in the nah, church. No Set a quick here. mass by himself and <laughs> headed back to the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and like, if you hear cheering or something in the background, it's because my wife is watching the game. So, um, it is what it is. I'm not watching it. Last I heard, the Bengals are losing. That's uh, not surprising. But not, not by much, so. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, think, I hope they win. I, I, I wish them well. They are my, you know. Well, you my, don't have uh, to live hometown. in Cincinnati. People I don't live get in Cincinnati. Really, I know. Uh, into it and crazy. Yeah, wound if, up. If and, they win, going to be a yeah. lot of wild partying. For yeah, the rest and of the everybody's going to be yelling and uh, oh well. Yeah, but you and, know, then all the bars will be full and, and a bunch of money will be made and and the city like, will reap a little bit yeah. of benefit from the taxes. Taxes. Like my hey, son. There we go. My son is off work tomorrow if they win. Yeah. So I guess the boss is planning on having like a two-day party if they win. <laughs> oh, well. Why didn't he invite your son to the party? <laughs> he did. I don't know if he did or not. Actually, my son Maybe. went to Jason's house. Jason's having oh, okay. people over. Did you yeah. see his text? No, I didn't. Did he I said I Terry? I hope Terry the uh, Bengals have a, make a lot of home runs. <laughs> Did he say that somewhere public, like Facebook? <laughs> he said it in a group text. I guess you don't get these. Between the guys who live here in Cincinnati who commonly, you know, do things together. Yeah. You know, okay. Like when, the, hey, I'm going to go to this bar or that bar tonight. And if anyone wants to go, you know, so. Okay. Or if we have a camp night or a guy's night out, it's that group. Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, he is having me people next over. Camp night. <laughs> Half of my kids are over there at his house. Yeah. Anyway, as promised, we are going to talk about tax evasion, which um, I guess, you know, at first we, we need to exactly define what that is because yeah. there's a couple ways of evading taxes. Um, well, you know... Let, before we even do that, I, I want to point out, and, and I'm going to challenge anybody listening, if they know otherwise, um, let us know. But 
Uh, as far as I've been able to find, the only, let's say, definitive, uh, which is not quite definitive, but, you know, specific statement regarding tax evasion uh, that I can find that is somewhat magisterial in nature is in paragraph 2409 of the Catechism. And it what it, the paragraph is actually talking about, you know, some sins against the seventh commandment and um well you do have some some verses in the bible um sort in of. romans um but but here's or, here's my point hold on just a minute in a small text like uh like maybe what you're looking at doesn't have it as small text but mine has it as like the fine print mm-hmm. and it says the following are also morally illicit. So it's kind of like a footnote thing and it just lists a whole bunch of things and kind of embedded in the middle of there is tax evasion. No discussion of what actually constitutes tax evasion. Right. It's just kind of like one of these footnoted, you know, things. Okay. Now what were you going to say? That's about- in the catechism. Okay. That's the catechism. Well, in right. the Bible, uh, in Romans, it says for, because of this, you also pay taxes for the authorities are ministers of God Attending to this very thing, pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed. Mm-hmm. Um, let right. every subject Which... to the governing authorities. Um, I guess, and, and also pointing out the fact that uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem because of taxes. Yeah, they had to travel to, now that was a tax imposed by Herod for the census, right? Uh, I, I believe so. I, I think, I'm not sure. Or but was that they, a Roman it was census? my understanding that it was like the Romans wanted to collect the taxes and Herod's like, well, in order to do this, everybody has to go back to their hometown. Oh, so like, I can okay. collect the right amount of money from the right tribes, maybe to pay yeah. the Romans their tribute or something like that. That, that yeah. could be what it was for. Yeah. I admit I haven't read deep, more deeply into the history of that than what's in the Bible itself. Okay. Well, so tax evasion could mean several things. Um, for example, you could just not claim your taxes. So you make a bunch of money, say, under the table, and then you don't file taxes. Therefore, the government doesn't know what you made. And they can't tax you until they finally see your name popping up on something. Um, and then, you know, so if you're, you're making money under, or at least you think you're making money under the table because taxes aren't being withdrawn and then you get a 1090, uh, form. <laughs> yeah. Then that means you're, then you're, you got screwed. Your money's been reported to the government and they'll be right. expecting taxes from you. So if, if, um, if anybody says, I'll pay you under the table, and then asks you to fill out a W-9, don't do it. They're not paying you under the table. They're just not taking out taxes. Right. Uh, so They're not withholding I don't know. for you. I, I fell into that trap when I was like 19. I was like, oh, okay, oh. yeah, I'd be getting paid under the table. And then, <laughs> all right, well, just fill this out real quick. Okay, whatever. And then I get a 1099, and it's like, oh, uh, this wasn't under the table. You just didn't take out the taxes and now I have to pay them and, or else I get in trouble. But that yeah. is one form of tax evasion. 
another form of tax evasion would be to lie on your uh, on your income tax uh, filing. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you so may misrepresent something. Five thousand dollars, and you tell them you made two thousand dollars. That is, or it, I, I made five thousand, but I gave three thousand to charity. Yeah, that too. Or something you know. So it involves a lie, um, and so not the lie just is a, a sin. Lie is always a sin, and it's not just a lie. I I, I don't know. It, it's a public declaration, you know. Oh right, right, right. It's kind of like lying in, in in a matter of an oath. Not quite as solemn as, say, a courtroom, right? But certainly more solemn than than you know the you know lies that that you tell each other. Might say, yeah. So it's it is kind of a big deal to claim one thing when you know that that's not the truth, and then some people will classify tax avoidance as evasion, which it's not because you're just you know you use. They call them loopholes. I don't know why they call them loopholes. They're, they are laws <clears throat> saying what yeah. you can, what you have to pay, and you use those laws to pay the least amount of taxes possible. That's the reason. The reason they call them loopholes is because the makers of the laws, um, it's think of like they're weaving a fabric to establish a pattern, a a. a uh, a way that things are going to run. And because it's complex and because they always want to make stuff complicated, it's what lawmakers do. Um, they end up creating a, uh, you know, the, the threads of the fabric are all carefully woven and put there by the lawmakers. But what they didn't realize was that they left a hole in the fabric and you can go through that hole, a loophole, uh, in order to accomplish something that, the words of the law allow you to do, but the intention that they thought they were encoding in those words, they didn't want you to be able to do. See, I don't, I don't. So see that's it what that a loophole way. is. That's well, I'm what not a saying it's. Is. That doesn't make it wrong. That's just what a loophole is. A loophole is. That's what is a something, loophole is. Yeah, but I don't think that's. I don't think tax laws have any loopholes. I think those are there for the people who make the laws. Maybe sometimes themselves friends. or their crony yeah. friends to say, okay, I'm not going to take half of your wealth. Uh, this is how you're going to file. And then you're going to donate a lot of that back to me. Or, you know, I, I mean, this, it's, it's crony capitalism, I think. Mm-hmm. Most of those things. Yeah. Um, and it's put there, I think, on purpose to allow certain people to, uh, take advantage and not pay their taxes. Right. Or not pay so, what seems like ought to be paid. So most forms of tax avoidance that are legitimate on paper are probably, you, you could either call them deliberate loopholes or, like you said, it's probably a case of a, a little bit of cronyism between the lawmakers and, and some of their rich, um, uh, subjects, or, yeah, you know, they're called rich constituents. We don't have right. The question is, hold on. It sounds like you're moving around. Okay, or... can you hear me? By the way, I I can hear you. My... All right, can oh, you hear God. me? Hold on. I <laughs> I think <laughs> my uh... up again. All right, can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, good. Okay, I I gestured and yanked the 
cord on my my earbuds or whatever uh, and dropped the phone and then it wasn't working anymore. So I found a new one, but it was like somebody had like tangled it up. Like I had to keep uh, threading, yeah. threading the end through the different holes and stuff. <laughs> okay, we're back right. online. Okay, we're ready I, I was just again. pointing out we don't we don't have subjects in America. We have constituents. Yeah, yeah, which is another big part of this because uh, you know the uh, the Pharisees I think bring up to Jesus this question. They're trying to trap him, and they're saying, mm-hmm. "Should we be paying taxes to Rome?" Um, which you you got to understand their position a little bit in at that time you know rome is an occupying country kind of they're offering uh the jews protection from other nations and out of that the jews have to pay rome money and a lot of people didn't care for that that's why the tax collectors were so much hated because uh they didn't feel like they should be paying money to another nation. And are you still with me? I think I lost him. I did lose him. He's still trying to get his phone set up. Well, how much did you hear? I talked about uh, the the that that one famous tax verse collectors. on taxes, right? Yeah. And I was pointing I was pointing out that the tax collectors were Jews who were collecting from other Jews to pay that tribute to Caesar, right? Which, um, you know, if if you're a if you're kind of a political person, uh, yeah, that would make sense. We pay Caesar and we get protection from Caesar. If you're a religious person, it's like, wait a minute, we're supposed to trust in God. We should not be paying these people to protect us because God's going to protect us. Right. And so and- that's the, that's the conflict that the Pharisees want to get Jesus to comment on. And they're saying, should we pay taxes? And Jesus turns it around and makes them look like petty and fools. Says it, Caesar's money, give it to Caesar. You guys adopted this Roman, uh, money changing system. Uh, what's wrong with giving it back to the Romans? So <clears throat> that's part of it, you know, and, and his big thing is here is, um, you know, if, if governments want to collect money in order to protect their citizens, let them do that. One of the problems with this is in America, we are Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly true. And so it, in a certain sense, we are because like we collectively are Caesar. Yeah. But individually, we can't presume the powers right. of Caesar. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like I'm going to go defend a nation by myself or something like that. So in America, and, and it is a little bit of a, you know, in America, presumably, uh, you know, because there are questions of justice and that sort of thing when it comes to mm-hmm. taxes, um, how much the government collects, whether it uses what it collects wisely, appropriately, and so on and so forth. And in America, in theory, if the government's doing it wrong, our recourse is to vote them out of office. Right. Um, now we, we learned that it, it's kind of a, an awkward thing because ever since, um, 
what was the amendment that that because it used to be that that you know in order to vote you had to have a stake. Um, uh, yeah. You know, so you had to own hold land, land. S- stuff like that, and uh, we can't do that anymore. And the the sort of uh, I'm going to say unintended, maybe it was intended, <laughs> but the the result of that is that a lot of people vote um, who don't have enough of a stake to bother to find out what's in their best interest. Yeah. And so you get a lot of people in America that vote purely on something like name recognition or, you know, repeated ads that say, I'll fight for you or whatever. You know, it's, um, you, you know, this a, a very shallow, superficial uh, understanding of the race. And then people go vote based on that. And so what you find is that a lot of times, um, aside from the government itself, you know, taking more money than it should, um, the politicians, the, the legislators particularly have ways of manipulating that money into either favors for their communities directly that maybe at the federal level, it, you know, it shouldn't even be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, or they use their position in order to then also leverage and, and political favors to leverage a lot of money from donors and stuff so that they can put out the, uh, various kinds of advertisements and, and marketing material yeah. that cause the masses of the uninformed to vote for them reflexively. And yeah. that's really what happens to a large extent in America. Now, in the last, you know, f- couple of decades, more in the last like, five years, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we've started to see, um, a surge of consciousness among the American voter, a surge of, you know, the, the number of people who are paying attention has gone way up, which is what explains the Trump phenomenon. But as a general rule, American politics are hugely decided by masses of uninformed people who are just voting reflexively. And that makes it very difficult when you recognize the government is doing something wrong with your taxes or taking more taxes yeah. than they have any just right to do. It makes it very difficult to do anything about it within the and system. On, on top of that, I, I'm convinced the vote doesn't even matter anyway. I after our last election, um, one guy clearly won, and the other guy <laughs> is clearly in his place. So, yeah, I mean that happened. If if you deny that happened, I I don't know. You're go, really go, go shutting your the, eyes to the obvious. Go join the flat Earth Society if you, if yeah, you don't think that I happened. Mean, you belong with the flat Earthers. Yeah. So it you know comes down to it's like there are certain people who are going to be allowed to win. And that's just the way it's going to happen. Someone like Trump will never get in again. Uh, yeah. But, you know, here's the thing. We get to a point where um, the government, what essentially the government is doing is redistributing wealth because of the phenomenon you just described. It's like it, it makes it so that the uh, the politicians by promising the masses uh, certain benefits, that's how they get elected. And in order to do that, they tax 
anyone, especially the middle class, um, they tax them. And, and of course the hot upper class is, I don't know. When you see the, the number of t- the, the percentages of taxes they pay, it's just outrageous. Um, and then giving that in the form of welfare and other benefits, uh, to the lower class. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what America is becoming, which, I mean, a- as we do that more and more, we ever keep creep closer to socialism or communism, which the church has spoken out on many times. And despite uh, Pope Francis's, uh, I don't know, I-, I don't know what you could call him if not communist, uh, suggestions and, and letters and everything he's done has been in favor of communism. Um, obviously he can't change church, church teaching. And I don't know if you can actually have a teaching on a political system, but what happens in communism is taught against. Yeah. One of which is taking wealth from one person and giving it to another. Um, <clears throat> This was roundly condemned by Pope Leo the Thirteenth in Rerum Novarum. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, there's there's no argument here really. So when we've got to a point where um, something like something like what's happening right now, where more and more of our money's going to other people, yeah, not even to services that serve everybody, but right. just to other people, and those other people. Sometimes they're poor people. Sometimes they are. Sometimes, sometimes they're sometimes people who, they're... who make a good argument why they should get money. Yeah. And sometimes it's been argued it goes to things like subsidies and corporations even. Um, for example, um, when a company, quote, is too big to fail. I think that's how they described it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Delta. GE, they say, oh, it would banks. be so economically disastrous if this company failed. It would just bring misery upon everybody. We better bail it out with federal monies. Yeah, this is this is so wrong on so many levels. Yeah, and um, if you go throughout Catholic teaching and theology, even going to Saint Thomas Aquinas, they talk about distributism or. I guess that's how what it's called. Distributism is a is a term for a specific kind of, um, so like economic system that came up after the industrial revolution, and okay. it was proposed. In my opinion, it was it was proposed. It was a a it was really a kind of socialism that that the people who thought it up thought would avoid the problems of socialism. Yeah. Um, but ultimately it resulted, but, it, it amounted to the same thing, which is taking yeah. money away from people to make sure other people get it. Uh, <clears throat> Chesterton was one of the people who came up with something like that. And I, you know, as many things as he's right about, this was one thing that was just, I, you, what was the book that he wrote? Uh, Tales of the Longbow, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Where he, one of the guys uh, was giving away property, and I think he made arguments for it, saying that, you know, it would, you know all the arguments, it, it would allow more people to take part 
in property ownership. Right. Um, what he never acknowledged was that this, this more or less happened in America. I mean, it's how we started. That's true. Think of homesteading. That yeah. happened and millions of people were suddenly property owners who wouldn't have been property owners without the homestead laws. And what happened? <clears throat> That's One or two generations later, of, yeah. It, it, what do we got? It Same went thing. Exactly where it was. That, not only homesteading, but but like land grants um, to like, like say Civil War soldiers and stuff like that. You know, if you fought in the army for a certain yeah. amount of time, you, the government would give you some land, stuff like that. But the thing is, ultimately, what happened is the people with who were a little bit more, you know, adventurous and stalwart in spirit and and could stomach risks. And had the capacity to manage things ended up being the people that other people wanted to work for. And so yeah. you ended up with the same kind of tiered, you know, you got people in charge and you got people who have to, uh, be part of the team in order to, to, uh, get your daily bread or whatever. Um, it's just that it happened naturally in America rather than through a process of inheritance where back in old Europe, you know, often imbeciles would end up with a lot of money and would badly affect a lot of people's lives because they yeah. simply, they they were the next in line in that family. But the church seems to support a system like that, uh, distributism. It, but Where? really what it supports is uh, people being allowed to have property no matter what their class is. Oh, I see what you mean. And this is, it's not giving everyone a bunch of property. It's having them be able to take part in commerce and in property ownership, uh, especially families. And that's a lot different than distributism. And when, um, when things like happen, like, uh, the government bailing out these giant companies, it, it keeps the smaller classes, the poorer people, from owning more property. It exactly uh, encourages monopolies because if someone like, uh, well, take a bank who owns a bunch of uh, mortgages and the bank goes out, I know that there's a lot of chaos that comes out of that, but one of the things that happen is the banks sell their loans yeah, and have smaller to companies to, buy like, them, right? And then those loans get bought. But you know, the thing is, even like let's let's say people have investments with that bank. So you know, the bank maybe has to sell the loans at you know a much lower amount than than the loans ought to be worth uh, in order to pay off creditors. They're going belly up, and so on and so. On. Okay, yeah. People who had their money invested in that bank then. Perhaps they end up losing their shirt because of that bank's bad practices and the bank going belly up, especially if it's a huge bank like, you know, or or insurance company or whatever, yeah. like AIG, one of these too big to fails. Okay, so you you get a generation of people, not necessarily a whole generation of people who have lost their shirts, but a generation of people who know someone who knows someone who lost their shirts, right? Like that. That's usually what it and is, yeah. <laughs> so, but here's the thing. And I don't think those people are often middle class. Yeah, yeah. But government comes in and bails them out. 
And then what happens because of the situation is that everybody just goes, goes on as they've always gone on entrusting their money to whoever without thinking about it. But if the government doesn't step in, if these too large to fail companies fail, then one, two, three generation later, generations later, people have it in their memory. My dad, my grandpa, my great grandpa lost his shirt by not paying attention, by not knowing about the financial activities of the company he had his money invested in or by having all of his eggs in one basket. People become mm -hmm. shrewder because of these kinds of failures. In order to allow the general population worldwide or within a country like the United States to truly prosper in a, in a responsible way, you have to let these failures happen when they're caused by the irresponsible behavior of these big companies. Yeah. And, and not only that, but what you end up with is the same system that, that you described in Europe where complete idiots are controlling vast amounts of land and uh, property or money yeah. in this case right. when they ought not to be because they're the ones who failed. And Yeah, but exactly. They've got this cushion now from the government – and who keeps them in power and and not only that but when when any kind of when there's a hole in any industry whether it's uh, airlines or banking or uh car making if there's a hole it gets filled by smaller companies yeah if which you distributes the, holes from the happening, wealth if you keep if you if the government fills the holes it keeps the wealth from getting distributed yeah in other words the rich continue to be rich, and those who are less rich uh, continue to miss out on that. So, uh, the so the mo the money we pay in taxes is now going to things like that, and to try to you know tell farmers you're going to farm this instead of this instead of farmers making decisions based on the market and possibly sometimes losing it uh, suddenly. They farm based on what the government wants them to do mm -hmm. and what a few rich people decide they ought to be doing. Right. Because, because the government um, will pay farmers to not grow certain crops during certain years. Yeah. And or to so let certain parts of their fields just go fallow or whatever. The idea that, you know, we're moving into a system of utopia where everybody will get a share of the money coming from the rich is just ridiculous. That's not what it's moving toward. It's continuing to be the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Yeah. Um, now, so let, let's, cause we're getting, we're getting to a point where we're almost making a, uh, a moral argument here. Let's, let's. Right. I wanna, well, I mean that we got to separate, even if the government's doing something bad, ought we to pay taxes? Well, that's, that's what I want to, I want to come up with two different definitions of tax evasion. Okay. And, and then, and then the question is, are they morally equivalent regardless or not? So the, okay. the, the first definition of tax evasion is a stri strictly legalistic one. It's, um, finding some way to pay fewer taxes or to pay less in taxes than the letter of the law Dictates that you would pay, given your circumstance. Okay. 
Okay, that's one version of tax evasion. Okay, a second version of a tax evasion is paying less than you as an informed Christian judge that you ought to pay given the circumstances of society and your mm -hmm. circumstances. That would be a second. So, like, mm -hmm. and the reason I bring this up is because I think that the current Pope thinks that people who take advantage of ways to reduce their tax, take advantage of legal ways to reduce their taxes, in many cases are still guilty of a sort of moral tax evasion. Because I think the current Pope thinks everybody should pay more taxes than they currently do. Yeah. He's, he's because he thinks it needs to be redistributed. And he's come out and said this. So if, if you say, hey, wait a minute, okay, the government is taking, you know, of, of all the taxes that it takes, uh, 15% of it is going into wealth redistribution programs of some form or another. Mm -hmm. And that is unjust. That's an unjust encroachment on my wealth and my property and what I own and what I've earned with my uh, sweat and hard work. And therefore, I'm going to find a way to reduce my taxes by that 15%, uh, you know, beyond what yeah. the letter of the law says that I should be paying. Well, okay, if I have to lie to do it, then there's a sin of lying and like you said, it's sort of a exaggerated sin of lying because you, it's kind of like a public lie. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, or if, if it's a, if it's a lie by omission, if I, you know, manage to acquire some thing of value somehow without reporting it, whatever. Um, but is there an additional sin of tax invasion on top of that lie? If I arrived at the decision to do that based on a consideration of justice when it comes to my money and what I have versus what I owe to the government as part of being part of a society. Is, is it possible for someone to make that judgment as a Christian without falling into some kind of moral error? Well, I know that this hasn't necessarily been defined anywhere. Um, <laughs> That's the problem. It hasn't. Yeah, it, it's, it, Again, we get back to what the government ought to be doing with the money or what the government ought to be collecting. And that's not defined either. But in classic Catholic theology, the state is supposed to be getting money for a couple things. And the state does need that money uh, in order to do those things. For example, um, defense of the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, maintaining law and order, and possibly setting up things like infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Right. Those seem like what the state ought to be doing. Um, they they do so much more than that. Every almost every state does nowadays. I mean, we've we've the entire world right now is a welfare state. Right. There's right. there's no place where it's not really. Um, so I, it, it seems like the, the system now has abandoned the Catholic idea of what a government ought to be. The entire world has. Including uh, the Pope. What's, inclu well, that's the thing. That's, that's what's the weird so part. frustrating. Yeah. 
because now our Pope has also abandoned all the, all the things that we took for granted. And I, I, I don't see it as a sin to try to avoid that. Right. Right. If, if, and then, you know, I, I, I hate to be, um, I, I don't know what the word is, but, um, sort of nitpicky, um, about, mm-hmm. you know, my, my scrupulosity, but, but I would qualify it, it's, it's not only not inappropriate, it's probably appropriate to try to avoid paying that as long as you can do so without committing some other sin to yeah. accomplish that. That's the, that's the sticking point. And there's also the point that we got to mention is that the money that we give to the government is being used to pay for, pay for outright sin, sinful things, you know, like yeah. abortion. The right. money we're giving is ends up going to abortion, uh, whether they want to admit it right now or not. That's that's happening. It's also going to um, not just programs that are uh, not Catholic, but programs and situations that are against Catholics that uh, are yeah. set up in order to destroy Catholic uh, thinking and Catholic ways of living. Right. And so for that reason, yeah, there might be a little bit of an obligation to, uh, Try to that's the thing. There's an obligation to, to, uh, fight it. The only real way to fight it is to just not pay it, but mm-hmm. that just puts you in jail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe there are ways to, to avoid, um, taxes. Um, you know, I, I, I know that I've seen like, I, I I'm not, advocating this i don't think it's a uh it's a real starter of an idea but for example people have tried to come up with uh ways of of say uh bartering things instead of using money to okay accomplish things okay so for example bitcoin uh, bitcoin would be another example i mean if 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 you you know i know the government asks on your tax form you know have you invested in uh any kind of cryptocurrency now so you now you've at least got to put that yes or no on there. But um, that's different than using Bitcoin to barter. Right, right. You know? But but the point is you could like like I could do a service for someone and instead of accepting money that has to be counted as income, I could right. accept payment in kind. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll uh, fix your car for you. Um and you can come and and um you know, re, 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 re yeah. my roof, roof or something like that that I need. I, you know, that's probably not quite equivalent, but mm-hmm. you see what I mean. Um, right. So that's, that's, and if I'm a mechanic and that's my living, then I could do that with it a lot of the, yeah, I'll fix your car. Uh, by the way, you own the, the butcher shop down the road. How about I fix your car and instead of paying me, you pay me in meat or whatever. Right. So that would be a way right. to avoid then paying taxes. Um, and in a in a good know, way because yeah, it also uh, keeps local. the economy in in a local area, mm-hmm. which is another thing that um, Catholic theology has always supported and has seemed to suddenly disappeared in in the eyes yeah, of the current part our of church it's, officials. It's like he doesn't he doesn't get that at all. Is that, and I mean, he, you know, he, we saw the opposite now. He very first uh, paragraph of Tutti Frutti is like he, he suddenly made 
charity a global program thing instead of a personal, you know, person-to-person contact encounter kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And as these things kind of get to be more of a thing in the church, it's hard to figure out... uh it's hard to figure out how our, we should react to this. We we can't deny Catholic teaching, and here we have a pope trying to change Catholic teaching, and then and there are certain things that have not been defined by the church yet. Yeah, well, it was kind of interesting because while I was reading the thing in the catechism with a little footnote about tax evasion, yeah, and my first thought was, huh, okay, so it's just here as a little footnote. Well, if you can change a whole explanation, a, a, an actual treatment of the death penalty to say the opposite of what it used to say, well, then I guess we don't have to treat this footnote about tax evasion with any kind of seriousness when it comes to the catechism. Right. And I, I'm i not 100% sure, but I'm almost sure that that footnote was not from the Vatican. I think that's from the uh, U.S. bishops. Oh, like if the I understand how this works. Yeah, because there are, it, it's, it's like Pope John Paul II gave us this catechism and then, uh, s- there were additions to it by the Catholic bishops. Oh. If I understand how this worked. So, you know, on capital punishment, Pope John Paul II said something about Something about the the reasons for punishment, and then as under that added by the U.S. bishops, it said something to the effect that um, that kind of punishment isn't necessary anymore because of our day and age when we can have giant jails and fill people with them. Uh, so there's no need to kill people anymore. But one was from the Vatican, one was from the bishops. And neither of them really addressed the entire question of capital punishment. Okay. But I, I think some of these things are added by the U.S. bishops. Might be wrong, but I, I couldn't find anything where, why it looks like a footnote. Yeah. that's Everywhere you like, look, it looks like a footnote. It's in a smaller uh Well, the one, font. the one exception is when you go to Vatican.va. It, it doesn't look oh. like a footnote there. Oh, it is that in, in, from the Vatican? Yes. I did not know that. Well, maybe oh, I'm I, wrong then. It's like, let's see. Yeah, I, I, but it's weird because you're right. Why does it look like a footnote everywhere else? Like fine print. Yeah, it looks like fine print everywhere else. I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't look at the one from the Vatican. All right. Anyway. Well, <laughs> anyway. Okay. Point is, we know it's, that it's a sin to lie. Yeah, so you can't do that. As, um, as far as avoiding taxes illegally, we're supposed to, uh, follow the laws of whatever land we live in. Now, when those laws end up being unjust, that doesn't mean we don't have to follow the laws. But when those laws end up, uh, harming the Catholic way of life, or requiring there might be. us, if the law is, you know, such that it requires us to knowingly um, participate in a materially significant way with injustice, yeah, then we would not be obligated to follow the law, right? 
Um, one thing that tax evasion does not do, as Pope Francis seems to insist it does, it does not equal stealing from the poor. Oh, right. Because taxes I, you, should never be levied for the purpose of giving to the poor. Yeah. So you can't... He, he's wrong here. It's it's not stealing from the poor to not pay your taxes. It's just not paying your taxes. Um, yeah. Oftentimes, unjust taxes. If taxes, and, if all taxes were spent justly and appropriately, then not paying them would be stealing from everybody. Um, right. Because taxes should support those things that are uh, uh, meant to encourage a communal matters of the common good. Yeah, but paying people not to work doesn't help the common good. Never right. did. It's a it's a sure way to uh, to undermine destroy the a country. Good. Yeah, it's <laughs> it just it we've never seen it work. And we've seen it tried over and over again in the past 200 years. And it's not going to work this time either. But I don't know, uh, I don't know any know, real way to fight it. No, that's, that's the problem. That's something else that people often, um, I, and I think even our bishops and our pope sometimes don't understand what is, um, truly meant by the common good or what truly belongs to the common good. Because a lot of times they think, that, I mean, they'll think, for example, um, oh, everybody needs food, therefore food is a common good, therefore uh, making sure that poor people have money for food is a common good expenditure of tax dollars, therefore the government should use tax dollars to feed poor people. They, they, yeah. they use logic like that, but they do, they're missing what the common good is in that case. Because a true common good is a good that not only applies commonly to the community, but it's a good that for some people to participate in it doesn't diminish it for other people. Consider, okay. for example, like justice. Okay, like the rule of law and, and fairness and justice and, and the adjudication of, you know, uh, civil matters and, and criminal cases, that kind of stuff. That's a common good. As more people benefit from that, it it's not like, oh, he he got fairness from the court and that his getting fairness took away from the available fairness out there for me to get. Right. You see what I mean? That's that's what a common good is, something that does not diminish. A common good is not a zero sum kind of game like that. If if you and consider it, if you yeah. wanted something more tangible, maybe like Roads. Yeah, roads. Going the, through a city. That's a common so, good. Right. Okay. I, I use the road and that doesn't mean somebody else can't use the road. Now, roads are an example, you know, a common roads, they can become clogged as a lot yeah. of people start using them. So you gotta build more, maybe. I don't know, but, but <laughs> it's you don't, a common like, headache. It's, yeah, <laughs> but you don't, you don't say, Oh, wait a minute. He can't drive because then it takes away my use of the roads. It doesn't work that way. The roads are common to everybody and, and true common goods. It often, the more people participate in it, the more it's available for everybody. So yeah. it, it's a, a common goods are often, um, things that are abstract in some way because of that. Now, there may be a material, um, a material contribution to establishing the common good. So, for example, the common good of fairness and justice requires that the state 
have people who are assigned to oversee cases to to hear cases from you know say litigants or whatever and those people have to be people who are trained both in the law and in uh the principles of equitable justice and so on and so forth there has to be a um uh, a neutral ground on which the litigants can come and argue their case so you need to build courthouses and stuff like that you know all, all these are material contributions to the common good of, say, justice and fairness within a society, but you can draw the direct line there. That's that's the common good is justice and fairness. Um, something like uh, food. Uh, well, food is commonly needed. It's it's a thing that is it's kind of common to the human race to need food, but it's not a common good. It's it's a uh, to the extent that there's a certain amount of it to go around, it's a distributive good. Uh, it's not really like that because we keep growing it. You know, it, it's, it's food itself even is not quite a zero sum game, but yeah. um, it, it's not, uh, it's also not a common good because it's not like, oh, you can go participate in food without diminishing it for other people. Yeah. You, you just have to have a, a, a network for allowing people to do what they need to do to acquire food. Okay, so people That's can kind work. of the big thing. They can go is... earn money. They can take that money and spend it on food or they can spend it on something else. The economy, the, which is the ability of people to exchange like that, that's a common good. And the more people that participate into, in it, the more of it there is. The... The common, the best way to uh, lend to the common good is to make sure the most number of people, the highest number of people, can partake in all of these things that are given to the common good. So to make sure most more people than not can engage in commerce or use the roads or uh, use the justice system. And when less people are able to take part in that because of money, because of class, then it's going against the common good. And that's exactly what happens in things like communism and socialism. It's not advertised that way, but, uh, socialism isn't really socialism. It's just, the highest form of crony capitalism because then the state owns everything. And if you're in the state, you decide who gets what and what kind of business different people are allowed to get. Um, and if you want to see capitalism and communism combined, then look at China, communist China. It's, there are very few people with all the business because the government decides who's going to be allowed to have those businesses. And that's exactly how we're moving in the United States. The, uh, the companies like your local stores all had to shut down while Amazon and Target and Walmart were allowed to stay open. That's not contributing to the common good. Uh, that's exactly the opposite. And I don't, how do we get on these? 
We're well, we were talking about how, about how a lot of times the yeah. government wants to use taxes. They'll, they'll, they'll invoke the term common good. Right. And, and I think even bishops uh, do that without understanding they, yeah. what they're talking and about. And they've gotten it so wrong that it's just they misuse the word all the time now. Um, but I guess I guess the bottom line is that tax evasion, certain kinds of it can be a sin. I don't think it's ever a mortal sin. Yeah, not not of itself. I, the the mechanism, the means by which you evade taxes might be a mortal sin sometimes. Yeah. Um but the uh you know, if you in in old days, if you avoided uh if you evaded taxes by killing the tax collector, <laughs> that would be a mortal sin. Well yeah, sin. if you killed the tax collector, <laughs> probably a mortal sin. <laughs> Uh, in, a, in, you know, modern America, uh, the, you know, the, the lie, if you, if you told a lie about something on your tax report, there might be a mortal sin in there. Um, I don't you know. know. Uh, it might not be depending on the, the, um, the, the quality and extent of the lie. I don't know. It's, that's the thing. It's like things are so, it's like, um, it's like, okay, is, is it even, does it really even count as a lie or is it, is, is it really a attestation of, you know, personal integrity or is it just, okay, this is, this is what I want to put on the paper. It, it, I mean, things are so disconnected in, in America when you get into a bureaucracy like that, the yeah. concept of a lie, like almost sort of becomes smoky and, and it's hard to, yeah, it, you know, it, it's like if, if I'm talking to a guy and I say, hey, I need to, I, you know, if you make up a story about why you can't pay the amount that he wants to charge you for fixing your car and you get him to come down on his price because of this made up story. OK, that's a lie. You're lying to a person. But it almost feels like, OK, it's just a number that goes into a bureaucratic machinery of cogs and wheels and the game is to get away with what you can within that machinery. It, it's really hard to hang on to that concept of a lie as a personal sin in that right. bureaucratic context. I'm not saying that you shouldn't hang on to it. I'm not saying that it's okay to lie. I'm just saying that I could understand people having a hard time feeling like they're lying if they misreport stuff on their taxes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you're right. Um and I, I know people who, who like claim every penny because of what they say, uh, they, they're not going to lie. But there are, there are weird circumstances when you get to these giant bureaucracies where it's like, it's impossible not to lie because by your definition, I did one thing. And by this other guy's definition, I, I did another thing. And I have to, I have to claim to both people something. Yeah. Where you it's 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 almost like cases where it's like um it's illegal to do one thing but not doing that is also illegal. For a different and it's, reason. Yeah. It, it gets there's so many rules like and um and it gets to be where well th this whole damn thing is just nonsense, you know? I'm mm -hmm. just going to I'm just going to Get away with keeping however much I can of my own money. Right. Or it's like, uh, you know, there, there's, I, I could see somebody feeling like, all right, you know what? I'm going to fill out my taxes and I'm going to put, I'm going to put truthfully 
all the information related to anything that it's your business. But I'm not going to yeah. tell you anything that I don't feel like it's your damn business anyway. Yeah. So, you know, that, okay, is that lying? I don't know. I <laughs> I have a hard time making a argument that it is. <laughs> right. I guess... I guess we're not going to come here and say that it's a sin to evade taxes. Um, and we're definitely than- going to say that you you probably, as a Catholic, have a moral obligation to pay absolutely as little taxes as you can get away with legally paying. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what something using that we can say. The money for it. Yeah. Um, and then there are even more insane cases, like in Germany – uh, don't, don't you pay a certain amount of taxes to the church that you claim to be a part of? Yeah. The, the government collects a church tax. Now, and then, it's, it's even weirder than that. What, what I, I, I'd have to go and research and find out, but, but, uh, my, we were just talking about this the other day. My son, who had been stationed in Germany for some years in the Air Force, and he was saying it, it's worse than that. What it, what it is, is that there's certain areas of Germany that are kind of like carved up to the different churches, like Lutheran or Catholic or whatever. And the expectation is if you're a member of that church, you live in the appropriate area. And if you live in that area, you're taxed and your taxes go go to that church. And if you don't want to be part of that church, you can declare I'm not part of this church. And then you don't pay the church tax. Um, but you pay then, the then, other church tax. Well, no, then, then you don't, you don't pay any church tax. But the thing is, you first of all don't get the sacraments of your of the church that's in that area. But like, let's say you live in a, from what he explained it, you might live in a Lutheran area, and you say, no, I'm not a member of the Lutheran church. I say, okay, well, we won't you don't pay the the church tax that excuse me church tax then you've signed this sort of declaration of not being Lutheran, but because you don't live in the right area. You don't really have access to the Catholic sacraments or something like that. That's, I don't that's, think it's quite like that. I don't think it is either, but, but that was his impression when, from when he was over oh, there. So maybe American over there might see it that way and get, the, but I do understand be, that if you be. want to be Catholic, if you declare yourself Catholic, your money's taken and given to the Catholic Church. And right. if you decide, I don't want to give the German bishops who are blessing same sex unions my money you could say i'm not catholic but what does that say you're 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 denying the church you're officially declaring to the government that you're an apostate from the catholic church yeah now that's for a german who wants to know is this tax evasion wrong that brings up a whole different situation yeah i'm declaring i'm not catholic um i would hate you don't have on access paper, to the sacraments. They won't baptize your kids and so on and so forth. I didn't even know that was part yeah, of I, it. The, you you I, lose access to the sacraments then. I'm just thinking along the lines of um, I would hate to die and in he- and in on judgment day say, well, I got this paper here saying you're not part of the church. <laughs> That's right. You, you just signed you know? this declaration of apostasy. <laughs> so... Uh, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> I, I think in those cases, you do have it because I'm sorry, we should not be supporting these bishops. Right. Um, right. And so you do have a duty not to necessarily deny your faith, 
but to keep from paying them as much as you can keep from paying them. You certainly which shouldn't means, be putting more into the basket. Yeah, which might mean uh, trying to fool the government into thinking you made less than you made. or I don't even know how their taxes work. Is it an income like American taxes? or? Oh, I have no idea. I think it is. Um, but it, our tax systems have gotten more and more complicated in the past 200 years. And the church has really yet to define anything here other than uh, what people like Pope Francis says. But Which he hasn't defined. He hasn't it. declared He's any stuff. of this as teaching. Yeah. Yeah. These are just things he says in some of his letters. Um, he hasn't taught from the chair of Peter, and the church hasn't put out anything official that I know of other than this tiny little statement, which looks like a footnote in the catechism, which we know the catechism can be wrong. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> because that's the Pope thing. Francis is oh, teaching error in the according, catechism. According to Pope, well, that's true, that's true. So the catechism, no matter how you look at it, either the catechism can be wrong, and Pope Francis has told us that it can be wrong because he said it needed to be changed, yeah. or... The catechism can be wrong, and the proof is that Pope Francis put something wrong in the catechism. Right. So, so one of those two things are true because the catechism yeah, can be he, wrong. He did so change it. Right. This is not church teaching when the catechism says tax evasion is a sin. It's not stealing anyway because that's well, where they make their people. claim. Right. Their claim is is uh, in the in, in in line of stealing. It's not in line of lying. You know what I mean? Oh, right, 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 right. They're not saying it's a sin because you're lying. They're saying it's a sin because you're stealing. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, do we have anything else to say about that? Uh, I don't know. It's just, I, you know, I I wish I had had time to... Uh, do you remember back when, when we were kids? Um, I... I, I I can't remember whether like high school or late grade school. Um, and there was a bishop, um, in West Coast nutball, uh, mm-hmm. named Raymond Hunthausen, who was like, so, like encouraging people to just not pay taxes, uh, because of how much of it went to supporting, say, the nuclear program, the nuclear arms program. It was like okay. back in the eighties. And I'm kind of curious, I would be curious to see what kinds of statements the U.S. bishops made concerning him, the other U.S. bishops, and how Uh many of the U.S. bishops supported what he was saying, or how many of them said, no, you can't go there. Um, because it is, it would be, it would be a really sticky wicket now if they had been supporting him, because now anything that they could say to support him would like apply a hundred times more like heavily abortion. exactly with like yeah. as the government's getting into you know promoting and supporting abortion and that kind of stuff and and most of the programs that are quote for the poor are uh seem to point towards abortion and birth control yeah it's like we'll help the poor by getting rid of poor people yeah which has always been oppressive government's move. I don't 
I don't know why. It's like America was the... It, it, it was like they kind of reawakened the fact that um, a big population is rich and the way to make uh, your country rich is to have a big population. Yeah. And... Um, Wealth is the, the way result to, of human activity. Yeah. And then... Uh, it's like, it's, I don't know, suddenly in this, you know, 50s, 60s, maybe 70s, somehow they were convinced that, uh, in order to make people richer, in order to make the populace richer, there should be less people. It, they got it backwards. Yeah. It, the, 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 the gov- certain governments, a lot of leftists, actually, I think a lot of leftists and governments, um, it's not that they got it backwards. It's that they their their agenda is not what you think it is. It's not to try to yeah. create prosperity. The agenda is try to establish control, and fewer people are easier to control than more people. I guess that's what it is. But I mean, I think of te- things like uh, in communist Russia, um, they didn't. Yeah, they they were poor. They didn't have enough food, and their way of solving that was just killing oh, a bunch of people. Right, right, exactly. So, Instead okay, of I don't have enough food to go around. And and that was that was I think like a, a kind of a knee jerk because the problem was the the Soviet government, the Soviet Communist Party had taken over and instituted yeah. their systems and it's like, wait, the fact that people are starving, that is a uh, a sign, that's a indication of our failure. That's an indication yeah. of the inadequacy of the the communist system or the Soviet the the socialist system. We got to get rid of them. They, We've got to reduce it so that so that we have enough people that we can feed them all now. I think they that's went what that from was. a bad system like a Tsar system or almost kind of a monarchy, mm-hmm. um, and then went to communism, and the problem got even worse. Instead of going the way America did with a capital system. Or a free market system where the problem just got and it oh, was practically like, eliminated. It just yeah, it's like there's no such thing as poor people anymore. And uh, we were it, on our way there for sure. I mean, okay, yeah, we had our American ghettos now. and that kind of stuff, but you know what? I yeah, don't think I know. American ghettos. I bet they couldn't compare with ghettos in places like Paris and London. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. It wasn't a normal thing for people to starve to death in America. And actually, weren't American ghettos a phenomenon that resulted from government intrusion into the system? If we're talking about large, huge areas of mostly black, mostly poor areas. Like abject yeah, poor. This was yeah. the government. That, yeah. that was a government made. Those are like like modern housing projects and stuff like that. That was all government right. doing. That was not the American system. Right. It's exactly when that was uh, we Democrat abandoned policies. the American system. Yeah. And in you know uh, Nazi Germany as well. The um, they weren't poor. They were doing better. But suddenly they decided uh, we. We need to quit providing for people who are not providing back into the system. And so they killed a bunch of them off. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the lame and the old. And uh, it's just that whole way of thinking is the exact opposite of the American way at first anyway, 
where um, we had this land and the idea is we are going to fill it with people. All mm-hmm. Americans, all working separately without a whole lot of or, uh, charge and, and micromanagement to produce and to make wealth. And it worked. And I don't understand why we're abandoning that way of thinking. Yeah. In fact, you know, it kind of brings to mind a uh, – I saw a commercial recently. It was some kind of wealth management commercial, you know, the retirement wealth mm-hmm. management, something or other. And it said on, on the screen, it had the line, there are 333 million American dreams. And the implication was that there's there's not an American dream. There's like each person has their own dream and that's what kept – and I, it just kind of like angered me to see that because they were diluting the reality, the, the historical reality that there is a thing called the American dream, which is exactly what you're describing. Right. And yeah. there is nowhere else in the world an equivalent. There's not a German dream that's the German equivalent of the American dream or Italian or right. French or Sudanese or Chinese or anywhere else. It's the American dream. And to dilute that and ignore the historical significance of it, and now we're practically being taxed out of the possibility of the American dream. Right. And the thing is, at one time, America was slowing down the way we are right now to the point where it seemed like that American dream was kind of going to die real soon. Mm -hmm. And then Reagan got elected. That's true. And the first thing he did was cut taxes, and suddenly prosperity started spreading. Um, you know, we didn't have giant brownouts. Remember the brownouts? Oh, the I remember brownouts seeing all in California. Yeah, it's yeah. like gosh. But I mean, that was happening all over the country, mm, if I understand mm-hmm. it right. There were energy shortages. Everybody had to turn their thermostats up or down according to whatever was going to save money at the time. Right. Everybody had to be cold during the winter and hot during the summer because there wasn't enough power. We use a lot more power than we used to, and we don't have that problem in certain areas. Now, mm-hmm. California, because they're yeah, because retards. Of mis- yeah, they still have that problem. Yeah, but uh, other areas get just <laughs> as big, just as populated and they don't have that problem it's going to get worse in california because everybody who's not a retard is moving out and yeah it'll new, be interesting york, to see what happens new in york's going to go years. the way of california too because everybody right. who's not a re- retard is moving out of new york yeah all right do we got anything else uh nope i think uh we've okay. kind of exhausted it and the i mean the bottom line answer is the question of tax evasion it's a complex question and it's not necessarily cut and dry that it's a sin to avoid paying even those taxes that on paper the law says you ought to be paying right but but the means by which you achieve that avoidance might be sinful you got to watch for that yeah okay well in the news um Okay, we had a couple things happen this week that I, I guess I, some people find kind of disturbing. Uh, some people find very disturbing. Um, and we'll just go through this first before we get to the main news. Okay. Um, in 
uh, January 20th, there was, you know, they, they have all these uh, sex abuse scandal reports coming out of all these different cities. Uh, there was a 1,000-page report coming out of Munich, Germany. Now, see, I see it reported as 1,000 pages, and then later 2,000 pages, and then later 3,000 pages. I don't know how many pages it actually is, but the first time I can see it reported, it said 1,000 pages. That's weird. So, <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if it's uh, like 100 pages? <laughs> yeah, it's like 10 pages. Um, <laughs> describes 500 victims uh, between the years... Uh, 1977 and 1982. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, it's not between those years, but those are the years this that Pope Benedict oh, okay. was uh, the Archbishop of Munich. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had Ratzinger handling Munich during those years from 77 to 82. And out of those out of that time, there were 500 victims of abuse. Um, the report also reported that four of those cases, it could be said that Ratzinger uh, mishandled it. So out of 500 cases, four, it seems to call into question Ratzinger's... Mishandling of four handling out of 500. Of okay. Out of 500. Two cases involved uh, perps who were who offended while he was in office and were punished by the judicial system, but apparently not punished to him by him. By the they church. they okay. didn't they weren't the limited in what they could do. Judicial yeah. Okay. Uh, there was another case where I guess this guy named Father Peter had done something outside the diocese and then came into the diocese to be to undergo uh, uh, therapy, which was ordered by the court, and now he was like being transferred from one diocese to the other. He he was actually a priest yeah. of the other diocese, being transferred into Munich, right, for the therapy and for the therapy, and then uh, he was, I guess, after that, he was allowed to 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 be a priest. Like get into, I, I don't like, even know. Not if only he just was, be a priest, but get into like ministry. Like, I don't know, whatever, like, ministry yeah. positions or something like that, that that gave him access to more young boys. Yeah. Um, and this was in 1980. Um, they show this report to Pope Benedict. Pope Benedict sends back an 82-page statement. 82 pages. A pope, a, a former pope is handing in an 82-page legal statement. To, yeah, to a law firm. Um, which is just weird. Um, but in that case, they, they had addressed a meeting where they had talked about Father Peter, and uh, in the statement from Pope Benedict, he said, I was not at that meeting. Um, this is part of the 82-page statement. Yes. Now... Uh, and that was January 24th is when he gave that statement. So th- was this, this, have you like, has anyone released the contents of the 82 pages or, or like? I have not looked at them, but what happened was uh, Pope Benedict says, I wasn't at that meeting. 
and then someone calls him out and says, wait a minute, if we read the minutes of that meeting, you're mentioned a couple times. It's obvious that you're there. Yeah, but what I'm wondering is, is, is the whole 82 pages about that meeting? I don't think or so. Or is it a whole bunch of other I, stuff and probably. the meeting is like uh, just a tiny part of the 82 pages? Okay, That's the feeling I got. Okay, so it's like he's responding to a whole bunch of stuff and there's a meeting in there that he's asked about. He's like, I wasn't at that meeting. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right. And that, okay. In that case, yeah, I get it. I just wanted to kind of like get that context right. Sure. Yeah. <coughs> and, uh, the, so somebody figured out he really was at the meeting. Somebody figured out, yes, you were at the meeting. And they accuse him of it. And then February 8th, he acknowledges that he was at the meeting, but, um, didn't, still didn't know about Father Peter's. Uh, abuse. Oh, okay. So he's saying, yeah, I was at the meeting. I misspoke. I said I wasn't, and that was a mistake. But I, you still, I did not appoint this guy to be around kids when I thought he was uh, an abuser. That was what he was trying to say. Um, I don't, it's one of those things that, from what I can tell, in the meeting that Cardinal Ratziker was at, they did not address exactly what Father Peter's offenses were. It was just so if, hey, he's if here we for only went or something. right, if we only went by what we know about the meeting, it does not uh, look that significant. Oh, yeah, it uh, Benedict I mean, was therapy not. Therapy could have been a nervous breakdown or something for right. all anybody knows, or for all right. anybody in that meeting knew. So um, that's. That's what it looks like happened. There are people, of course, who just don't like Catholics, and so they're saying, well, uh, you know, he he should resign as Pope Emeritus, which I don't even what does know that what that mean? means. <laughs> yeah, I, that's insane. You should resign uh, as ex-Pope. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there are also people saying he should personally apologize for mishandling it, which... If he did know about it, then obviously he should. If he didn't, there would be no reason for him to It would be hard. And, and in fact, it's kind of... You know, I, find, I find myself often in this situation um, because, you know, it, it's like... It's the same with my wife, for example. But but it's it's this way with other people, too, and it gets me into hot water. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so you, you made some decisions that you thought were the best ones at the time, and based on the information that you had at the time. And in fact, if the information that you had at the time was accurate, it really would be the best decision. But yeah. you had you, you were you were lacking information and it went sideways. Something whatever it is. Yeah. And so it's like okay, so I need to apologize to people, but my sort of and, and this may be a German trait because we're, you know, largely German ourselves. Uh-huh. Um my scrupulosity for the truth prevents me from pretending that I'm at a fault that I wasn't really at. Right. You know, it's like I can apologize for not knowing something, okay, but I can't apologize for doing something uh, either ill-intentioned or whatever when in fact I had every good intention and acted on the best information that I had at the time. And people will like take that and 
they treat it like you're just absolutely incapable of saying that you're wrong, aren't you? And it's like, well, I'm, yeah. I'm perfectly capable of it. If I'm ever wrong, I'll say it. That's how it comes across. Yeah. I'll let you know if I'm wrong. Um, okay, that's the way it is if he's telling the truth if he's telling about the truth. not knowing yeah. about Father Peter. Yeah. Um, there are some people saying he did know about Father Peter and that he's not telling the truth. And even some kind of traditionals lists who are starting who are to start saying that severely disappointed in Pope oh. Benedict. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think what's going on is that oh, some people look at the situation with Pope Francis and Pope Benedict as Pope Benedict gave up the reins and handed them to this other guy, but he's still there, and if needs be, he can he can do something if this other guy gets too far off track, you know? I, oh. I think some people look at it this way. That would be There weird. are some people who still think he's really the Pope and that Pope Francis isn't the Pope. Yeah. But they still look at Pope Benedict as the good guy and Pope Francis as the bad guy. And I and something like this seems to hit them kind of hard uh, because it kind of makes them think, well, okay, Pope Benedict apparently is just like all the other guys. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and that is a possibility. It's a possibility. Um, it shouldn't offend, it shouldn't upset people too much though. Right. Well, I mean, Pope th- Benedict <laughs> left us to Pope Francis. No matter what, he did do that. That's true. That's true. And, and he may have, having, yeah. having pleaded, you know, ill health, whatever. Um, but I mean, here we are. How long has Pope Francis been Pope? Like a lot of years. Out of ten, well, let's see. It was, yeah, it was eight or nine, nine years. Nine I think. years. I think. I think nine years. I think it's going on ten years. Ten years later, and Pope Benedict is still strong enough to, you know, be in the limelight when he needs to. Yeah. You see what I mean? I mean, it's like, okay, what was really going on? Because your claim for why you were stepping down, I would have expected you to be dead in four years. Yeah. I mean, look at look but at John Paul II. I know there's a lot of people, you know, who, you know, especially in, in like some of the retrospect of, of, of the whole sex abuse scandal and that kind of stuff, feel a little bit red-pilled about, about John Paul II. But if you just look at his example... I mean, he stayed in there. Gosh, yeah. he stayed in there through Parkinson's and whatever else he had. Was it Parkinson's or uh, Huntington? Whatever it, whatever disease he had. Um, he just stayed there until, you know, the, sort of the ravages of whatever disease he had, along with old age, took him. Right. And Pope Benedict didn't. He mm-hmm. backed out. And we don't know exactly why. But we do know the result of that was leaving us with Pope to Francis. the wolves. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, that's what he did. So if you could say that he was, okay, he did loosen restrictions on the, the Latin mass, but what good does that done us? Well, actually, it did us a lot of good because the, the mass got more and more popular and started building an actual movement. Um, but here we've got Pope Francis reversing that, and 
uh, we're kind of back to where we were. Mm -hmm. Other than the fact that more people know about it. But I'm just pointing out that a lot of good that did us. Right. Ultimately, yeah. So, and and you can't tell me he didn't know what kind of guy he was leaving the church to. Well, well, maybe he didn't, but I, I, he couldn't know what they, who they would elect. Yeah, who the club was going to elect. But he certainly knew what was going on politically at the time and who was talking to whom and who the favored possibilities were and that kind of stuff. He knew the environment, the atmosphere. Yeah, he knew. He knew who he was leaving us to. If not in name, then at least in, 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 as a group, collectively, um, he abandoned us. And so I, you should get it out of your head that Pope, Bane- Pope Benedict was this traditionalist and that he, I, I just can't see him as the good Pope because mm-hmm. he's the one who left. Right. Um, okay. Anyway, so that's that's what happened with this whole apology thing and and uh, whatnot um, in Canada. So we had these giant uh, convoys of truckers coming in, shutting down Ottawa, shutting down Ontario, shutting down several bridges. Um, it looks, you know, the mayors, the mayor of Ottawa and the uh, I don't know what this is. An, a premier of Ontario. Oh, okay. The Ontario premier, Doug Ford, he's declaring a state of emergency. We've got all these politicians declaring states of emergency because uh, truckers are lining up and beeping their horns. And, uh, well, that's all they're doing. <laughs> so... Yeah, when, so so um, the the thing is to explain your question before Ottawa is a city and so it has a mayor, but Ontario uh, okay. is a province of Canada. Province. You know, Canada has different okay. provinces. Um, yeah, like on, Ontario and and Saskatchewan and um, Alberta and um, British yeah. Columbia and yeah. stuff. They have premiers. Okay, kind of like a governor, maybe. Yeah. Um, so you know. Um, it says here that Canadian police uh, have cleared the Ambassador Bridge. And I think, okay, there was the Peace Bridge. I don't know if that's the same as the Ambassador Bridge. Hmm. No, it's a different bridge. Okay, so two different bridges. Yeah. It looks like Ambassador Bridge was cleared. I don't know if, I mean, you should see, the. they've got videos of this where it's like, these lines of of these cops dressed up like army guys, you know, special ops, coming in to arrest these like truckers who are just sitting there. You know, they're not <laughs> fighting or anything. It looks so pathetic. Yeah, it is so disgusting. And so they cleared out the Ambassador Bridge so that things could open up, I guess. Um, but I think other bridges are still kind of in question. Mm-hmm. It's hard, actually, to find any information on that. That's because... Uh, uh, it's kind of being... Yeah, the, the media have kind of agreed to come together, lock arms, and sort of play a yeah. game of uh, Red Rover against these truckers. Yeah. So it's it's hard to really get... You can go to Rumble... And get videos of uh, people there, mm-hmm. and and they'll show something on the news that looks like maybe ten people are there, 
and then you go to look at other people's videos. Now, it's not like hundreds of thousands are there, but it's a lot more than what they show on the news. Yeah, I see. Um, I think in in Ottawa, seven people are arrested, 500 uh, got tickets. Um, I don't see any statistics on... So if there's 500 people getting a ticket, it's a lot more than 100 people, you know? yeah. Um, yeah, I don't see any other statistics, but that that's still going on. We'll see this. It's Sunday night. We'll see if that goes over into next week. And just for those um, who have been living under a rock, the, these truckers are protesting the stupid mask mandates of Canada that would require and the vaccine them. mandates. Yeah, the vaccine mandates. These are guys who it's like they spend all day in their truck. What do they need to to be concerned about these stupid health regulations that are even themselves based on like bad and uh, un- immature information about yeah. COVID anyway? Yeah, it's it's insane. And so we've got a group of truckers who decided, all right, let's see how they run the country without us. <laughs> yeah, and so. I, I hope they do well, and I hope that American truckers uh, take unite. note That's and right. unite and try to do the same thing. It would kind of be interesting because, you know, the Canada, uh, the whole uh, uh, stereotype from Canada, you know, being like unwilling yeah. to even put up their dukes even for, for honor's sake and so on and so forth. <laughs> I don't know, maybe we got the Canadian people wrong if, if they rally around these truckers and, and yeah. like bringing about some kind of change. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, so we still got this stuff brewing up in Ukraine and Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, German Chancellor meets with uh, Biden and uh, Germany's saying that that they will be acting together with the United States if Russia invades Ukraine. But if I'm not mistaken, it was Germany who started buying oil from Russia instead of us or from Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't... That's interesting. Okay. Uh, So what's Biden offering to Germany to get him to say that? Well, okay. As of... Here's the weird thing is that... He keeps saying that we're going to help Germany or uh, Ukraine. Ukraine. Uh Um, The U.S. deployed 3,000 additional troops to Poland amid tensions with Russia. Uh, At the same time, we're telling everybody get out of Ukraine. And, okay, the, the Pentagon ordered all U.S. troops to leave Ukraine. Okay. But they're putting them in so, Poland. Well, I mean, Poland is, excuse me, Poland borders Ukraine. Poland is determined to help Ukraine, so okay. they're saying. Okay. So Or they have. They have said. I don't know but maybe that's where, where exactly they like, stand okay, now. We're going to use Poland as, as a sort of point of, of amassing our troops to be ready yeah. to go to Ukraine's aid if needed. I guess. But, it, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, it's like, okay... You got a bunch of guys over there who are building up an army to come get me. And this other guy says, hey, I'm going to help you. And then he goes across the street 
and waits. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you see Whoa. all those guys over there? <laughs> I thought I'm you were going to help me. I'm going to be know? with them, and when it's time, we'll come help you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, that don't seem right. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're facing down this gorilla. <laughs> yeah, 100,000 Russian troops with advanced weaponry at their border getting ready to invade. It, I imagine they're pretty scared. Yeah, I bet. But um, as we had talked about, I mean, it's not it's not that simple, you know. There's right. a lot of Ukrainians who, who actually, want Russia. Yeah, they, they, they want to be part of Russia. They have historically been part of Russia. They feel and like they have the might same... might be thinking, you know, cultural Why would you so want forth. that? But it, it would be like, you know, if if a place like, uh, think of... Uh, what's that little island? Uh, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is so corrupt. And it's got... The people there are so poor. Yeah. And those people want America to absorb them as a cover as a state. That's, yeah, you know, because they think once America takes over, they'll get rid of this corruption. They're dead wrong, but that's the yeah. thinking, and that's the thinking of a lot of Ukrainians. Because Ukraine is so corrupt, they think we'll get Russia in here, and then we'll get rid of these bad politicians, and that's. That's why this is not just an invasion. Right. This is a lot different than an invasion. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know. I, see I, how it plays I don't out. think we should go to war with Russia. I just don't think we should. Not over this. It's, it's... Yeah. I mean, if there were a compelling American interest in Ukraine, maybe, but... Yeah. You know, the thing but, is, we, we have to be thinking politically... Like geopolitically, five, ten, twenty, thirty years out, in, in order to to make some uh, wise and prudent decisions here, because even while Russia is, you know, maybe flexing its uh, muscles a little bit with Ukraine, and Russia itself is a huge country in terms of landmass, um, yeah. you know, the real um, sort of enemy on the rise is China. Yeah, and Russia and China are not friends right now and we i mean china is just pure plain evil russia as the soviet union was absolutely evil but russia at least has a not fully catholic but legitimate christian historical christian church the russian orthodox part of the eastern orthodox tradition a sacramental church yeah um we should be doing our best to make sure that Russia and China don't become friends. <laughs> right. And look, okay, think back Vietnam. Uh, we were trying to save this little corner of Vietnam from with communism taking over. But the problem is that that, that government that we were trying to save was so corrupt that the people there didn't necessarily want it. Yeah. If it wasn't corrupt, the people would want it. And if Ukraine wasn't corrupt, the people, the people there want would want to keep Russia out. Yeah. So it's not necessarily in our business to tell them, no, you have to let this giant, or no, you can't let this giant country uh, absorb you. It's, it's just, uh, 
we shouldn't we shouldn't be there no matter what but i don't think we'll do anything major there i think like you said this is biden uh having a war so that he can you know oh i think he thinks he's gonna boost his numbers it's like hey rally around me i'm i'm fighting russia Mm -hmm. and it's like okay we have avoided russia for decades now and you're gonna come in and get us into a war with them over the ukraine right oh well um in other news nasa awards lockheed martin a contract to build the next generation of uh the mars vehicle uh the ascent vehicle i guess okay Uh, the plan here is to get rocks from mars and bring them back to earth uh sometime in the 2030s so maybe 10 to 15 years out so i don't know if they got a 15 year uh contract but it just seems i don't know should it take 15 years to do this i guess that's a pretty big deal you got to get that thing to land on mars and then it, it was hard enough to get it off the moon again. That's what I was going to say. It's, a, it's it's more like landing on. I mean, not quite as much, but more like landing on Earth and then getting back up. Think about a launch. Everything that goes into launching from the surface of the Earth, and then think about doing that without any ground control support like we have here. With right. the the only things you have at your disposal are the things you took there with you. It's a little yeah, bit more like trying that. to. Trying to land that much fuel alone is a huge so thing I to think, get over. Yeah, I, I would yeah. say that's not an unreasonable timeline for making yeah. sure that they okay. get it right. Yeah. And the fact that the communication between the two sides, I mean, is it, is it like like an eight-minute delay? Oh, yeah. And in fact, think, think about I mean, they have to plan the timing too in terms of where on the surface but think about this if if earth and mars are kind of on the same side of the sun that's that's one amount of delay but if they're on the other side of the sun you you add 16 minutes to the delay well actually if you think of it as there and back you add 32 minutes to the delay whatever delay you already had yeah well Okay, so, so that's scheduled. We're hoping the 2030s. I know there's a bunch of idiots out there who think in 10 years we're going to be uh, starting colonies in Mars. Uh, let's <laughs> no. reel it back a little. Come back to the planet Earth. We're not going to Mars to live. We just want to get a rock sample, and that's not going to happen for another 10 to 15 years. Yeah. So that's you know nobody's going to Mars. I know it, they show you know colonization. I mean, it's it's not like one. Of, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But you should be thinking like like 125 years for colonization, not right, not 10 to 25 years. <laughs> right. It's not the answer to any of our problems here on That's Earth. That's true. That's true. Um. So archaeologists discovered a human tooth in Mandarin near France. Uh, in France. Dating to what's YVP? Is that BC? Uh, YVP. I just noticed that, and I YVP. Did you say like like Yankee Victor? Uh, years y- 
before present. Oh, okay, okay. Years before present. So, why don't they just say that many years ago? <laughs> Didn't it? Is that what it means? That's stupid. Years before present. 54,000 years ago? Instead of... <laughs> just... Just... <laughs> People oh my gosh! Such stupid thing. That's so dumb. <laughs> Just say it's forty thousand years old. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, so the point is that it's ten thousand years earlier than they thought was the arrival of humans in Europe. Oh, okay, okay. So. Uh, years before Prince. so <laughs> I just I did, I skipped over that and I was thinking BC right, you know, 54,000 right. BC, BC or whatever, no yeah. it's not years before present I didn't even know what that meant so that's the thing I mean okay when you're talking 40,000 years before present it doesn't really matter but let's yeah, say you started say using BC. that for you know it's like okay this was uh, 168 YVP or 32 YVP or whatever. <laughs> you're you're reading an YVP. article. You got to go and find the date of the article to figure out what year you're talking yeah. about. That's just completely stupid. But, it, but when it's 54,000, who the hell cares? Well, I know. <laughs> just say 54,000 years ago, though. Okay, so. So, uh, okay, so this is in France, though. Yeah. Um, and so how human is it? Because you know France is not just Europe. France is like almost the the westernmost part of Europe. Oh, uh, and, and um, actually, is it, is this coming? Because the seat it just of says human truth, tooth, Homo I, sapiens, Homo sapien, not not like Homo something other than sapiens, not like oh, human, like, right? Like, not, you know, Neanderthal the, or something the, like that. Just right. regular hu- Homo sapiens. This okay. is a regular That's human what tooth. I was wondering. Uh, 54,000 years YBP. But you know what? Why, so, why would they think it was not that? Because I thought everybody kind of agreed that the Mediterranean was sort of the seat of human development. Like, like that's where humans originated. Yeah. I, 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 I could know. be wrong. I, you know, or I could be at, you know. They come s- up with so many different. But France they, is right they, on the Mediterranean. This stuff changes so often that. I, I, for the most part, I don't pay attention to any of it, um, because most most scientists seem to think that humans did not start from one parent, one set of parents. Oh, and so I, I kind of stopped listening yeah. to most of that scientists science once they... because a lot of it is aimed at proving uh, Christianity wrong and everything else right, yeah. even if it's something that nobody believes in. Uh, as long as it proves Christianity wrong. And so, you know, they've got all their theories and they go back and forth. And and this is this extends the number of years that human beings were in Europe by 10,000 years. Okay. So. In, yeah. In Australia, they have officially listed the koala as an endangered species. Now, one of the quotes is the impact of prolonged drought followed by the black summer bushfires. I don't know if black summer is this last summer or not. 
but uh, the disease, urbanization, and habitat loss have all contributed to the koala being uh, endangered. Here's the thing. They keep saying, you know, there's time to save this species, but we need stronger laws and landowner incentives to protect the forest home. I think what this is mostly about is controlling landowners. Oh, you know, okay. Australia's in a bad place right now with with the government overreach. Mm-hmm. But I don't... I, I, I don't know enough about Australian government to quite make sense of this. I see this one quote here. Once a recovery plan is adopted, ministers are legally bound not to make decisions that are inconsistent with it. However, governments have no obligation to actually implement the plan. Okay. Are they talking about local governments? A purely Australian go- plan or... Like Are they treat. talking about a worldwide no, plan because that the, we ought to be... No, because this, like, specifically koala, that's an Australian thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So I'm, I'm th- I think they're talking about local governments. It's like, okay, the local governments, it won't force those governments to do anything specific, but when the governments are making decisions, whether it's about, I don't know, granting land use uh, permits uh-huh. or whatever... They're not allowed to act inconsistently with this particular plan if it passes. I think that's what they're saying. Okay. okay. By the way, the uh, Black Summer fires are were 2019 to 2020. I guess there were a lot oh, of brush okay. fires. Okay. Probably because they don't know how to make dams. <laughs> but I don't. Know, maybe it could be the same kinds of problems that California experiences because. They don't manage force. Um, hold on one second. Oh. Uh, so satellite imagery shows that 430 square kilometers of the Amazon rainforest were deforested in January. Four, 430,000? No, 430 square kilometers. That's all? That seems like not a lot. That's but like they're a saying pimple. it's five times more than what they did last January. Yeah, 430 kilometers. That's not It's got to be it's got to be 430,000 square kilometers. No, I don't think so. They are so 430 intent on not destroying any rainforest. Um I don't know. They I I don't know how Okay, those to, to put that in ruled, context. But okay. Just put that in context. 430. That's like half of 1,000. The state of New Jersey is 19,000 square kilometers. Yeah. The uh, tiny New Jersey. The, so over 5 million square kilometers is uh, covered by the rainforest. 5 million. And yeah, they, that's nothing. And they, they cleared an area that's roughly twice the area of Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, that's nothing. I don't you know, I you see shows that on on the Amazon rainforest. It is interesting and it's like, man, there's a huge there's just this giant area of land that is completely undeveloped that has really neat animals there. But I don't know. They 
Are all of these animals just going to disappear if we start developing a lot of this land? Number one. Number two, do we need all these animals? It's neat to have them, but... I mean, think of in America what we've done here. If we did the same thing down there, things would change. But it wouldn't wouldn't destroy the planet, I guess, is what I'm getting at. I think... I think developing the land is better for the land. There's not as much diversity, but it doesn't destroy anything. It just changes it. And so the Amazon wouldn't be the Amazon. So what? So it'd be something else, something we can use. What is the point of saving this kind of area for the sake of saving it? There ought to be something we get out of it by saving it. And if, okay, well, these these tribes who hunt this wild animal or fish for this wild fish won't be able to do that anymore. Yeah, no. But the same way the American Indians couldn't continue to live off of white-tailed deer. They had to do something different, like maybe uh, have goats and raise them. Yeah, domesticate. Um, it would... It changed it. It didn't destroy it. America wasn't destroyed by driving out a lot of this... uh, Not driving out, but by ending a lot of these habitats. We did end a lot of habitats, and we're fine. And if we went to Africa or South America, and these people got a taste of freedom, and they ended those habitats, they would still be fine. They'd probably As a matter be fact, better off. They'd be much better than us. Yeah, they'd be much better off. Hold on. Banjo, stop. Okay, I don't care. What is he barking at? I guess the Bengals won. Did they win? Well, people are doing fireworks, she said. What? Well, I thought your wife was watching the game. Say this again. The Rams won. Oh, the Rams, oh, the Rams won. won. The Bengals oh, okay. Didn't. Looks like They're, I guess they had all these fireworks saved up. They're like, well, so they we'll have to them shoot anyway. them off anyway. Okay, uh, yeah. I just looked up the score: twenty-three to twenty. All wow. right. Okay, three times up and three times shot down for the Bengals. Yeah. Okay. Um, whew, oh, where are we? Uh, Finland. 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 What's going on? Uh, in Greece. They're going to buy $9.4 billion worth of fighting stuff from us. Okay. I don't know why, but... Finland. It's weird that Finland is buying a whole bunch of uh, missiles and stuff like that. It just seems like... You don't think about them militarily. Maybe they want us to start thinking about them as a military force. <laughs> hey, let's go buy a bunch of stuff from you, and then you can start thinking of us as military. <laughs> yeah, she's odd. She's kind of weird. However, it is worth noting um, that Finland is on Russia's border. They have they share actually they have a fairly oh, big border with Russia. The, okay, yeah, okay. Maybe that's what this is all in lieu of. Right. I, I didn't even bother to look up Finland. Oh, wow. Okay. So they're between Russia and Sweden. Uh, we've got Ukraine. Where's Poland? Yeah, well, if you go Can't down, Poland. Poland is south. 
South of like south of Sweden. You've got the Baltic Sea oh, there. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, now Poland, on the other hand, I mean, they're wanting to uh, help Ukraine mm-hmm. because that would put Russia right at their at border. At their border, they want to and avoid that, which makes they sense remember Russian rule. Yeah, but Poland isn't a, a an incredibly corrupt nation. You know, mm-hmm. they're. They've kind of got their act together. They just didn't have, even back then, the army it was going to take to fight off Russia um, or Germany. So I don't know, we'll see what happens here. Um, I think Lithuania is also uh, bent on helping Ukraine. Okay. Uh, I've heard that Hungary is. I don't know. Hmm. But that would also put Russia right at their border. <clears throat> So yeah, I guess a lot of these people, it's like, they just don't want Russia at their border. <laughs> Ukraine like, we don't need Russia has in been our border. become, <laughs> it's like, yeah. there's the gorilla and Ukraine is the poor kid that everybody else on the block has decided you're going to go face the gorilla and we're going to, we're going to have your back. Yeah, we got your back, but you're fighting you're the one this who's... entire nation by yourself. Half of your people don't want to fight them. But that opens up most of Europe to mm-hmm. Russia. So that's yeah. where this... And I still don't think we should be involved. I don't think we should either. But you can see Russia's both Russia's appeal for Ukraine yeah. and why everybody else in Europe doesn't want Russia to... Doesn't want Ukraine to be part of Russia. Right. But, you know, if... No. Um... There's a mass shooting in Phoenix. It's being described as a mass shooting. I don't know why they're saying that. It was some kind of d- domestic violence incident. Like a guy that shot ended his with kids or something? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh, uh, five officers are shot, four other wounded. Five like a shootout. police officers are shot. So a shootout with police? This, yeah. That's not but, the same as a mass shooting. I mean, it's tragic, but it's not a mass shooting. They're saying five police officers are shot and four others wounded. Okay. Did that make sense to you? That doesn't make sense at all. Nine police officers. Like, wait a minute. Why five shot and five wounded? Four wounded? Like with a knife or what? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) What did they mean by wounded? I guess they were... Or were they like... Or wounded with like like five were shot and then but there was like concrete and they got wounded with concrete shrapnel from the bullets or something. What what do they mean? That kind of I don't. Hold on. Four others wounded. Uh, this is from Yahoo News. Wounded? Um, What's the difference between being shot and wounded? Maybe four other people. I think oh five okay. police officers shot and four other people still yeah, they, why, I they mean, left a word out why not five police officers and four other people four civilians oh, no 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 shot no four other officers injured by shrapnel or ricocheting bullets oh okay okay yeah huh, okay so was it was right. what you said okay yeah well why? <laughs> Apparently, there was a baby at stake. They were trying to rescue a baby from this crazy guy and his ex-girlfriend. And uh, they had a shootout with him. I don't know why they're calling it a mass shootout. Shooting. Yeah. It's not a mass shooting. It's a shootout. It was a shootout. Yeah. Yeah. 
So if anyone calls this a mass shooting, you know they're uh, ignore them. They're wrong. <laughs> it's not a mass shooting. Uh, that's all the news I got. All right, that's all the news. Uh, let's see. I I do have some news. Hold on, let me find this. Where did I put it? Okay, so I have. It's not as fun as or funny as it often is, but I do have some Walmart news. There's oh a, Walmart. Walmart. It's so, always fun when they're in the news. <laughs> So they've got this video of a woman that I guess she was like accused of shoplifting lifting and she must have been shoplifting because um the um she like took a Barbie doll in a package or something and threw it back at the worker. Yeah. Uh and then walked it looks like from the video she just walked away after that. Okay. So she's like, yeah, I it's was like stealing she, this, so whatever. And then, <laughs> I guess I know. I mean, they're still, they're, the police are asking you gotta, for help finding her. It's, it's said, I didn't see this in the video. The video, uh, I, I, I don't know if you can see it or not, but it said that she had like green hands and green hair, but I didn't pick that up watching the video. Yeah. Okay. So she is standing there with a Barbie doll. She throws it to her and then and walks, walks away. Okay, she had been trying to walk out with it. And yeah. Like, hey, get back here. Doing? Give me that Barbie doll. And she, she just threw it to him like, fine. So okay. I, I got to think she was really shoplifting because otherwise, why toss the Barbie doll that way? Oh, she had a whole cart. So she tossed the Barbie doll and took the cart. All of it may have been shoplifted. She was trying to shoplift it all because they had a self-checkout uh, cart. And then uh, she was trying to get away with the full cart. And then somebody stopped her and she thought, okay, fine, I'm done here. And then she grabbed, she had that Barbie doll. She's like, I'll just try to get out with this. And they're like, no, you can't get to have anything. Fine. And then throws the Barbie doll at them. <laughs> Walmart shoppers. <laughs> Walmart shoppers. It's so weird. That there's a whole classification of shoppers <laughs> called, called Walmart, Walmart shop. Did did, did I, I ever think. tell you this this uh, anecdote? Um, I was I, I was working at a place here in Indy uh, years ago, and there's a, a fella. He's actually British, um, but we were sitting around chatting, whatever, and um, yeah. Somehow we were thinking about. Uh, I forget whether we were talking about laundry ter- detergent or we were talking about trash bags. But I just mentioned, yeah. I said, well, you know, in Walmart, the trash bags are by the laundry detergent. <laughs> and he just like, he was, he didn't even like hesitate about, but he said, well, that's because Walmart shopper, that's because people who shop at Walmart carry their laundry in trash bags. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a lot of them do. <laughs> that always stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, next up. So, I if a bird, I just tried to imagine this. A bird flies up into a tree. And then you have to go rescue the bird from the tree. Just Okay, the bird's a parrot, but still. So it's a person's bird. The bird flied up into a tree and then had to be rescued from the tree. I don't... Okay, did rescue workers do this? 
I would think that it's like, look, my pet went up there and I want my pet back. Don't try to tell me the pet's too scared. If the pet wanted to come down, the pet could That's come down. That's what I'm thinking. Wait until if dinner it's a time. bird, or they can fly. <laughs> they don't. This is so stupid. They can fly down, and it was only sixty Basically, feet. Basically, it's like you're telling this uh, this rescue worker, "Hey, my bird is going to retrieve my property for me." It's, it's like, I'm, you want your property, you get up there and get it yourself. Quit letting your bird go I know. flying around. <laughs> but they had the, they had, they made the case my bird is stuck up in the tree. What do you mean? Yeah, stuck my bird is stuck up in the tree. That's what birds do. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I hear the same, you know, you hear it all the time about cats. The cat, yeah, a cat, and I don't even believe it. Honestly, I don't believe it about cats. Yeah, cats, I don't either. Cats are, are mischievous, evil animals. They're just playing you for something. They're not stuck. Yeah. They can get down if they want. Yeah. I see the thing. I see the same thing happen with kids. Wait, that's My true. My kids climb up. Dad, help <laughs> me. Hey, you got up there. You no. get yourself down. I don't think so. I... My kids know not to do that to me because I say, "Look, if you if you can't get down, then you wouldn't have been able to get up. If you can't get down, you shouldn't be up there to begin with." So, I'd say you better get yourself down. Yep. All right. Um, okay. My next story. Uh, this falls under the category of things that you did not know were world records, and this uh, actually kind of interesting. In a um, sort of get a life sort of way, this fellow balanced four eggs on top of each other to break the previously existing world record. There was a record before this? Let's see. I can't see. Uh, that's, that's impossible. He says, break, he he says he broke a record. Something. I'm trying to find the previous record though. I can't find a. In, uh, Probably just made a record. Set the oh no no it was his own record. Oh okay. He set the first Before record by stacking it. three eggs, and then he beat okay. his own record uh, in Istanbul when he stacked four eggs in a tower. <laughs> like, come that can't on. be possible. <laughs> There's a it's video of it everything. I see it, but. Is it so? Is it one of those where he sent the video into the Guinness Book of World Records? Yeah, you think, and maybe, maybe. it's like, you know, the thing is, how do you balance an egg on top of an egg? It just, there's no way. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> Brown. I'm eggs. gonna I'm gonna try it with just two eggs at some point, and my yeah. wife will say, "Why did you make this mess?" <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see two eggs balanced on top of each other. You, I, I wonder if they're hard-boiled. Oh, you know what? Uh, well, you know, I would think that it would actually be easier if they weren't hard-boiled. And here's why. If they're hard-boiled, yeah. you know, because you've got, like, the white and the yolk, and they're different densities. And yeah. wherever they are is fixed. That That's what it is. But if they're not hard-boiled, you can hold it there and wait until the yolk settles. And then you've got right. the weight at the bottom, and that helps balance it. Seems to me. That's like when you have an egg and you need to know if it's hard boiled, you try to spin it. You spin it and if it, yeah, yeah. If it spins, it's hard because grandpa, I think, that's like, we'll have, you know, uh, 
they'll color Easter eggs, and he'll get used to just going into the fridge, grabbing, grabbing one. one, and breaking it on it. For some reason, he thinks you got to break it on your head. That's, That's you where you crack break an Easter egg. eggs. <laughs> but he, they had brown eggs in there. He thought and he it was colored. Those and, yeah, but he, here's the worst part. He's done it twice. <laughs> Okay. But now every time he gets an egg, he spins spin it, it yep. first. He's, okay, I know this is boiled or not boiled. Yeah. All right. Anyway, four eggs. Anybody think you can beat that? Send your video into the Guinness Book of World Records. You know, uh, my son. If you could do one, I'd be interested in seeing that. Just two on top of each other. Yeah. Two. I'll, I'll try it. I'll give it a try sometime. Um, okay. My son Charlie, um, is like some weird master at snapping his fingers. Yeah. And so he can he does this thing where he snaps twice in a row with the the two the the ring and then yeah. the middle finger and he can go back and forth between his two hands and snap like super fast like it's a buzz almost. Well, he went and looked up the world record and he figured out that oh wait a minute, I can beat the world record. And he produced a video of himself doing it and everything. Tried to upload it. The site wasn't working. It wouldn't let him upload the video and stuff. Otherwise, he might be in the Guinness Book of World Records right now. Hey, Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. What's that thing where you clap your hands real fast? This? Do it real fast. Yeah, that's He's pretty. He's not snapping. He's just clapping. That's pretty good. So, yeah. is there a Guinness World Record for that? Maybe he could get in. I don't know. I'll tell him to. We'll have him check we'll it film out. Film him, and then we'll have to slow it down to see how many claps there are. Yeah, and see if he can get in the Guinness Book of World Records. Well, good luck uploading it. I don't know if Charlie can still yeah. snap his fingers that fast. Maybe he'll try again someday. But uh, anyway, he's in town. I'll ask him. But apparently, this guy who could balance eggs was able to figure out yeah. and navigate the website or whatever it is he had to do. <laughs> right. All right. All right. Next. So, you know, we we are both pretty friendly to farm animals and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, here's a guy who takes that to a new level. And this is a guy, I guess, in New York. Uh, uh, I can't pronounce the name of the city. It's Kanajahari or something like that. It's uh, it's on the Mohawk uh-huh. River. Um, he has a pig that he is claiming is a emotional support pet. And oh. the city is saying, nope, that's just livestock. You don't get any special accommodations for that pig. <laughs> Okay, but that that's a thing where people are just taking any animal. Calling it emotional and, support, yep. Yeah, and, and they want to bring it into places that normally wouldn't allow animals. I see, I, I, it, I hate it. Yeah. Because I, I see like, you know, uh, veterans saying, I need this dog to come into my re- your restaurant because it's a support animal. But and here's, it's like, give me a break, here's dude. the Here's what makes me want to... Uh, here's what puts my sentiments with the guy. He's not trying to get the ability to bring the pig into restaurants or on buses. He's just trying to get the ability within the village's zoning codes to be allowed to have the pig at his house. Really? That's all it is. And the statement okay. from the lawyer that represents the village 
is if every citizen were to openly scoff at the village zoning codes, we would have, we would live in a lawless society. Really, as though society was completely lawless before villages and counties discovered zoning codes, which actually didn't exist (laughs) for most of America, most of American history. Yeah. (laughs) Is this guy in America? Yeah, it's in New York. Oh. New York State, okay. not New yeah, York City, see, New York State. Yeah, most of our growth took place, but you know, before all these zoning. But the zonings have gotten ridiculous. Yeah, the zoning laws—they've just gotten stupid. And the fact that I don't know. In fact, I, okay, think I'll, about I'll it. I'll go and say like zoning kind of works with taxation to yeah. suppress the American dream. Yeah, on the same token. Um, I mean, think about Cincinnati before the zoning laws, and it was it was Pigtown. Oh, you know, it used to be called Porkopolis. Yeah. Now, if you went, okay, uh, the music center, the the music uh, place downtown, uh, I can't remember the name C- of the building. Like, I think it's called the music building. That's not it. No, it's not. I can't remember. You're talking about music hall. Music hall. Uh, music hall. Before it was, before they built that, there uh, was a graveyard. It was oh a yes, Hopper's I knew that. Graveyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they mostly buried children there because across the street was this place for sick uh, and I think also mentally ill children. Oh, right, poor children, right. And, I mean, there's, there's. I mean, we grew up with stories about hauntings at music hall and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, and like when whenever they have to dig out a new area, they find a lot of skeletons and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but see, it was also a pork town, and the pigs would get in there and dig up the bodies and eat them. Oh, right. So, I mean, if you can imagine having that many pigs in a city, what that does. And it's like, all right, we got to, these companies can't keep their pigs here while they're lined up to be slaughtered. We need another way of doing this and so they pass zoning laws you know okay and And it's like kind of like makes sense and especially in that context yeah for those who don't know cincinnati was like is like the hub of the like the annual if you think of it this way the annual pork harvest um yeah and there were you know a few weeks during which it's like the the sound from squealing was so pervasive throughout the city that people could barely sleep it, it was that bad, yeah. literally. Not in our lifetime or anything. No, 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 no. This no, no. is this, the this, history. I, I, I know this from reading. Yeah, yeah, reading. You know, accounts that people who lived in Cincinnati back then. Right. So, I mean, that's just talking about pigs in general. But let's say um, you've got a neighborhood, a little suburban neighborhood, and um, you know, I, okay, a pig. Have you ever heard how loud they are when they decide they want to be loud? Are they louder than goats? It's insane. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> goats can so be loud. Loud. <laughs> and I mean, real little pigs. I've never. I mean, wow. Well, okay. I'm just saying it could be a nuisance. If you had a pig, it'd be a nuisance. It'd be loud and it'd be stinky too. Yeah. They they stink. So like we Pig we complain skies, like about stink. that dog that barks at night because the owner yeah. doesn't bring it in. So pigs yeah. will be far worse. Yeah. So I can see them like all right, we're we're not going to let pigs in the city anymore. And so on the other hand, I see 
zoning things as something that we ought to try to fight and get around and find loopholes in any chance we get. Mm-hmm. Because I can't stand zoning laws. Yeah. And zoning lawmakers. <laughs> uh, they, they exist only to make things difficult for us and usually to line their own pockets. Yeah. But once in a while, right. you can see there's a nuisance that's big enough that everybody kind of gets yeah. together and says, we need a law. <laughs> and it, to me, it should be one of those things where it's like, uh, it's like, you don't enforce it unless somebody's causing a problem. Yeah, the law. Because you know the, how it is like, yeah. you're at a company and it's like, we have uh, Casual Friday. Mm-hmm. Everybody starts wearing casual clothes and then some guy wears something absolutely ridiculous that you shouldn't even wear to an office or comes in like you know in a bikini or something it's like all right now we can't have casual friday one casual friday for everybody right or you could set up a judge to say you know what i'm going to enforce this law on you and only you that would be a better way to do it Mm -hmm. it would be less fair and there would be cases where it's uh, yeah it's, abused. It's like okay, here, but at here's the same the time, it's abused now. The the law is here. I think I think the the nature of especially municipal laws ought to be that way. The law is there to draw a line that most people, many people, will cross. Not most people, but many people will cross. But the line is there so that the one guy who makes a complete nuisance of himself to everybody else, you've got some kind of recourse. Yeah, that would be ideal. Although, I don't know. It could be abused. I can see arguments for and against, but it just seems like that would be a good way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, if you want a pet pig... I don't know. Check out your zoning laws or something. Yeah, you should check. <laughs> okay, so um, the next one, I'm not sure that we should include. I'm going to do it. You decide whether to include it or cut it. Um, in Maryland, some firefighters. Uh, no, no, no. Not Maryland. In Georgia. Um, Georgia. Uh, the sheriff's department responded to a report of a body um, that... Um, Turned out to be a doll. Turned out to be a doll, like a little doll or a... Like a life-size doll. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. And you can see the picture, what kind of life-size doll it probably was. Um, you, so it's like a, like a, like a sex doll. Yeah. Uh, they, then... they assured, they in the story, they assured the owner that uh, they will not be performing DNA tests. <laughs> I think those things cost like thousands of dollars. I think. Do that. I guess. What? What are they? I mean, what are they made of? I mean, I, I guess. Are, I don't are, know. Are they made. To, I always thought that was but kind of a joke. Like, I thought those were things that like were like just blow up things that were like jokes. That no, there are those. There are those, but this is not obviously not what that. No, is. it doesn't That's, look like it. It looks like because it looks pretty dang realistic, and it looks half decayed. But it it I looks think it's like just dirty. the uh, like think so well yeah they don't decay obviously i think that's just like muck from yeah the it doesn't decay but it looks like there are there's decaying matter on the doll oh it, okay like weeds and stuff like that mm-hmm. oh but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, okay. it's been there for a long time mm-hmm. and it's not decayed and it looks halfway real which makes me think this is probably a very expensive one. grown over with weeds and stuff it's, like that 
Yeah, this isn't just a blow-up doll. Yeah. Or, hell, maybe it's just a mannequin, though. Oh, like like a, uh, like at a grocery store. Yeah. That could be. Because, I mean, they described it as they, a doll. Uh, if they say a life-size doll dubbed Selena. I, I don't know who dubbed it. Was it the sheriff's department that dubbed it? Um, uh, but but they, they had a statement. It. They said, look, okay, if you know Selena or are responsible for the whereabouts, rest assured no DNA was collected and you are safe. But in the future, please make sure to dispose of your items in a responsible uh-huh. way. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. It just seems like a weird thing for the doll to be there. Yeah. <laughs> or some guy like, bought what? it and then it's like... like had to ditch it because his wife, wife was, was coming home or something. Like his like wife that. was out of town. So yeah, like, how like, do you gonna ex- I, I got to do something with How do you get to explain that on your it. credit card, though? Yeah, somebody's going to take notice. <laughs> why, why is there a $2,600 charge on a credit card? Yeah. <laughs> or whatever they cost. I don't know. I mean, even if it's only $260, you'd think a wife would notice. Still, yeah, mine would. <laughs> so You have one of those credit card stalker wives. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but it's because she takes care of the it, money, and it's so not she's that. always aware of stuff. <laughs> I it's not that. It's that if two hundred fifty bucks are gone, oh, we all know you, it. You don't, nobody because it's like it's like okay, hey, well, sorry, we can't, gas. we can't eat this week. <laughs> yeah. So, oh well. All right. Anyway, so that's what I got. That's all my news. Okay. Unfortunately, I did don't not say come it. up with it. No saint. Same. Okay. I, I was yeah. thinking of one. I just, uh, oh, who who was? I, I can't remember who it was, but there was one that I was thinking that we ought to do. Um, if it comes to me, I'll bring it up, and maybe we'll do it next week if if we have time to research. Okay. I can even do the research okay. if I think of it. Yeah. I just I, I find myself with less and less time because I've worked most of this weekend. I know. I even had to work today. It's like, oh, wow. And I, okay. Because I thought we would record last night. It's like, nope, I'm still working. Yeah, I was up all night. And I have to, this thing has to be ready 8.30 Monday morning, period. Oh, wow. No matter what. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I've got it to a point where I can deliver it. And then I have to go out of town. So it's like, it's just, it had to be done. So uh, maybe next week. All right. But until then. Think about what we said, and as always, keep circling the beads. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.